put the inaugural episode of the BetUS College Football Show. This is our Group of Five preview. I am very excited. This is courtesy of our experts here, who are to my left and my right. Experts here at BetUS, where the game begins. Let me go ahead and give you a brief introduction of everybody. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. To the left here is our analyst, our numerical statistical guru, Parker Fleming. He is the creator of CFB-Graphs.com and a contributor to Football Outsiders. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Stats of War. To the right, an award-winning professional handicapper extraordinaire, the owner of huntersportspicks.com, Kyle Hunter. You can follow him on Twitter also at Kyle Hunter Picks. Guys, how is everybody doing today? Doing great, Gary. Excited to be here. Doing great. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Before we kick things off, want to make sure to tell everybody, go ahead and sign up today at betus.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. That's 2021. That is the year. To claim your 125% sign-up bonus exclusive for sports betting up to $2,500. Take advantage of the offer. You can get the terms and conditions by just clicking on the link down in the description. So go ahead and do that as soon as you get an opportunity. While you're at it, while you're clicking down there under the description, all that good stuff, make sure and like the video and subscribe to the channel. And when you subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you won't miss out on any of the action. We will be here all season long. Now, let's go ahead and start this thing off. We're going to start in the American Athletic Conference, and we're going to start with the Memphis Tigers. Now, let's uh, let's dive into what we're looking at odds-wise here. The over-under, the win total, is 7.5. To go over, they are minus 130. To go under is plus 100. To win the conference this year, they are plus 1,000. Ryan Silverfield... Last year, I think, would be a successful beginning season. His first year at the helm, they went 7-3 and three in the regular season, won their bowl game. But this team is going to look drastically different this season. I'm going to go ahead and start off with this. They lose a ton of talent due to transfers, everything else. They, they lost graduates. They lost a lot of guys. They lost TJ Carter to TCU. They lost uh, Joseph Dor- uh, Dorcius to Tulane. They lost Obena Easy from the offensive line. They lost a lot in the trenches. They lost a lot of skill players, and yet they are still at seven and a half. There's not as much skill talent. They got a new guy at quarterback. They got uh, Gunnell or Parrish, one of the other guys. Um, they're replacing 18-year starter Brady White. Now, I'm, I'm taking over this conversation, but I am convinced that this team will be under seven and a half. It, they started out at eight, and it has gone down to seven and a half, and I still believe, based on the schedule that they have, that this is an under team all the way this season. I could see them picking it back up as they go. But guys, do you agree with me at all here? What are what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think the biggest concern for me is obviously the turnover of Brady White and the ancillary pieces. You know, Memphis has a recent history of developing some pretty exciting skill talent, but it does take some development and Silverfield's new. Biggest thing for me about Memphis is their um their schedule is sneakily really, really difficult. Uh, you got to go to Temple, which I think is a game that's that's harder on its face than it looks at Tulsa, at Houston, um, and then also a non-con game against Mississippi State and UTSA, who I think we'll talk about later. So hey, don't uh, forget, don't forget on this game at this, Arkansas State, at Arkansas like, State too, which I you know uh, wide range of opinions there, but it's yes. it's a sneakily <laughs> tough schedule. Kyle, you got an opinion on this one? So no strong opinion from me on this one. I will say that. Memphis was so explosive on offense in the past few years. You know, they had uh, a ton of the 20-yard-plus plays, 65 of them last year, in fact. So you would think that there'd be a little less explosiveness from the offense. Uh, the defense isn't anything great, obviously, so any kind of drop back on offense, I really think that that could uh, show up quite a bit. Gary, I'm going to let this one be uh, mainly your your pick. I will say I don't really, I don't really disagree, but I'm just kind of neutral on this one. I will point out, by the way, they went seven and three straight up in the regular season last year, went two and eight against the spread. So just something to pay attention to. But we will move on from there and we will talk about the SMU Mustangs. Sonny Dykes and his bunch rocking and rolling offense. Always big time there. Let's go over some of the odds here Uh, to win the conference. They are plus twenty five hundred 
Their regular season win total sits at six and a half, and the juice is at minus 115 on both sides. Uh, Kyle, I know that you've got some opinions on Dykes' team here. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us your thoughts? Yeah, so I like over here, like over six and a half. I think SMU is underrated, especially on the offensive line and the wide receivers. You know, Roberson was injured a lot last year. SMU has some very good wide receivers, a lot of skill position talent there. Also, um, sneaky good running team, 4.68 yards per carry last year. Very explosive offense. I don't think very many people are going to be able to stop them this year. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, the question marks, obviously, but he was highly touted. I assume he'll do pretty well in this system. I don't think Sonny Dykes' system is that hard to learn for a quarterback. So, in my opinion, this SMU team, uh, defensively, they're clearly improving. Uh, no juggernaut on, on defense, but uh, they're playing in a conference where you know, it's not terribly hard competition. I think that uh, SMU's schedule looks pretty good to me. A really good pass rush on defense. SMU is going to come at you, uh, try to make you make bad things happen there. SMU will give up some big plays. I think Mordecai will fit in pretty well. Also, Grant Calcaterra, really good pickup at tight end there for SMU. I see SMU getting to at least seven wins here, so I like over six and a half. It's also like the defensive coordinator hire. They brought in Jim Levitt, who was at yeah. Florida Atlantic last season, uh, but he's been all over the place with Willie Taggart. Now he jumps into an offense I don't know that he is super familiar with. Hey, you know, Kyle, you know a lot about Texas. Tell me your thoughts on, on Jim Levitt coming over to SMU. Is that going to work? Yeah, I mean, I think Levitt's a tremendous coordinator. You know, this is a uh, a guy who's had success everywhere he's went. You know, this is not a one-time thing. He goes from one place to another. He He's had success everywhere. So I, I'm surprised he, he hasn't stuck around at one place a little bit longer than he has. But I think it's a really good uh, fit here. SMU improving on that end. And I know SMU's offense is going to be good. I, I'm not concerned about uh, the quarterback position as much as some people would be. So I think even if Mordecai is not great, I think this team can get to seven wins even without that. Parker? I know that you've looked at their schedule, SMUs. That's a pretty brutal six-game stretch towards the end of the season. Yeah, I'm saying I'm not touching this with a with a 10-foot pole um, because I do think they'll have an awesome offense. I think Grant Calcaterra, who retired from Oklahoma and transferred uh, to SMU this year and is, is back from retirement as a tight end, is just going to be fierce. Um, and I love the offensive upside. The defense was way too inconsistent for me. 79th in EPA per play against the pass last year. And in the American Conference, man, that's running a little too hot for me to feel comfortable. Plus, you're right, last six games, Tulane at Houston at Memphis, UCF at Cincinnati versus Tulsa. I don't know if you subscribe to the body blow theory, and I don't even know if I subscribe to the body blow theory, but that is going to be some body blows there down the stretch. So I don't, I don't, I don't love this one. I think I agree with what Kyle's saying, but there's so much uncertainty with the the volatility on defense, the turnover, and that kind of stretch schedule. We will move on from there. We will talk about our last team from the AAC, and that would be the Tulane Green Wave. Willie Fritz has brought in new offensive coordinator Chip Long, who. Used to be once upon a time at Notre Dame. Let's talk about the odds here. To win the conference, plus 1,200. Their regular season win total is five. To go over is minus 135. To go under, you got plus value here, plus 105. I don't think we're going to be doing that with Fritz's bunch. Uh, Parker, I, I think that you know quite a bit about this. Uh, go, go ahead and give me your opinions here. Yeah, so I definitely think that there are more than five wins on, on Tulane's schedule. Um, you know, Will Will Hall has taken the job at, at Southern Miss. He did a great job with their offense. It was kind of this funky shotgun triple option, but non-committal triple option offense. Um, last year, I have them at 17th in the nation on early downs, first and second down EPA, expected points added. Um, so a ton of value kind of in these open situations. They struggled in short situations, um, 113th on third down conversions. So I think the infusion of Chip Long and the maturation of uh, Michael Pratt, the quarterback, is going to be, um, you know, they'll be able to tie up some of that third down situations, get that rushing game a little bit more consistent. Um, you know, and, and, and Pratt, I think last year, his biggest problem was, you know, his accuracy was pretty low, 57% in non-garbage time, but his adjusted completion percentage was uh, about 73 in non-garbage time. And so they, you know, two lane receivers dropped 20% of passes last year. I don't expect that to be sustainable. I don't expect that to carry over. Um, and so I like how the schedule breaks for Tulane. I think that they have a couple very fun losses in the non-con, Oklahoma and, and Ole Miss. But I do think in the American Athletic, they will be able to um, more, more than scrounge out five wins and put together a solid offensive season. I think Pratt is going to be one of the better 
um, quarterbacks in the American Athletic, maybe even the the, the group of five there. So um, a little bit better on third downs, a little bit more consistent uh, wide receiver play. They return most of their offensive line. I, I like Tulane for 2021. They are sneakily talented. They don't have the best recruiting rankings, but you are always going to have athletes down there. And and I am a massive fan of Willie Fritz. Uh, Kyle, have you got a thought on Tulane here? Yeah, like Willie Fritz a lot. You know, he's done a tremendous job everywhere he's gone as well. The only negative I'd say about Tulane is they were really efficient in the red zone. Uh, touchdowns, uh, 34 out of 47 trips into the red zone last year. Uh, you would think an offense like Tulane's would be pretty good in the red zone, right? So maybe they'll be able to keep that up. I do think this is a pretty tough schedule, but five is a low number to me. I, I tend to agree with this one as well. We will move on from there. We are jumping off of the AAC, moving right into Conference USA, and we are going to start with Western Kentucky. This is a team that went nine and four two years ago, dropped down to only five wins last year. And let's talk about the odds. To win the conference, they are plus 650. Their win total this season sits at five and a half. Now, to go over is minus 135. To go under is plus 105. Tyson Helton has uh, has done okay there. They made some drastic changes to the offense. That was the biggest issue with them last season. Uh, the defense has been a strength for two years, but they did lose their defense coordinator, Clayton White, to South Carolina. Um, you know, they brought in Houston Baptist's entire offense here. I mean, it's <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, Kyle, tell me, tell me what you know about this team. Yeah, I mean, Houston Baptist version two, I guess. You know, Western Kentucky brought everybody over, but I think that's a good thing. I mean, because if we saw Western Kentucky's offense last year, they only topped 326 yards once all year. Uh, pretty shocking. You know, Pigram was not a good fit there at quarterback. Um, some people thought he'd fit in pretty well. They didn't do well at all. 32% on third down conversion attempts. I think Bailey Zappi is going to do very well in this offense here. Um, look, I don't think um, anybody would disagree that Conference USA is a pretty weak conference. So, you know, the bottom of the barrel as far as conferences, you know, you, you get a Conference USA, you have an innovative offense. You have somebody like Bailey Zappi come in. I really think you can see a big jump. The other thing about this team that I did want to point out while we're talking about it, they were three and nine ATS last year. So betters aren't going to want to back Western Kentucky early on. Those people who think about what they just last saw. So uh, one of the things I want to do uh, when I talk here on the show is to say we have chances to buy low on teams. And I think that's a that's a chance here in Western Kentucky because it's not unlike the stock market where you want to buy low and sell high. I think Western Kentucky is a team that we can buy low on right now. I think last year's defense was solid, and I am concerned that this year they'll give up quite a points, quite a bit of points. I will say, you know, I'm definitely a totals guy first and foremost, and uh, I love overs with Western Kentucky this year. I'm very I'll be very interested to see what kind of numbers get put on Western Kentucky's games. I think they'll have some very high scoring games, especially if they play as fast as it sounds like they want to play. I think Bailey Zappi will be very good here. Uh, three Houston Baptist wide receivers, the offensive coordinator, obviously. So to me, very weak conference. Uh, they do get to host UTSA and Florida Atlantic. So uh, those are potential winnable games. I know uh, UTSA is a very good team and uh, Parker will talk about them more in a minute, but I think Western Kentucky gets to six wins minimum this year. I, I do like the schedule here. I mean, you look at it, you've got UT Martin, you've got uh, at Old Dominion, at Florida International, even on the road, those are winnable. You've got Charlotte, you've got Middle Tennessee, you play at Rice, who I am, I like, but either way, Parker, have you got, a, have you got thoughts on Western Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you can say enough about how bad their offense was last year. And uh, I mean, 103rd in, in just EPA, uh, excuse me, uh, 110th in, in EPA on offense, uh, 111th in the pass. Um, and so Zap is going to be an infusion. You know, again, he, he was kind of a, a rocket ship last year. But if you look at some of their games, um, you know, uh, they, you know, they played four four games last year, I think five. And so there is a lot of volatility there. But like Kyle said, Conference USA is a place where, you know, if you can connect on a couple of big plays, that's going to be enough to put points on the board. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. This this one is, um, I went with UTSA, but this one was in my back pocket for sure. I can understand it. Let's move on from there. We're going to move to a team that I want to talk about, and that would be the Rice Owls. Last season, big upgrades. But this season, maybe not so much. I There's a lot of hype around this bunch. Mike Bloomgren, 
Uh, let's talk about the odds to win the conference first, plus 1,600. Their regular season win total is five and a half. This is a team that has not had six wins in a season since 2014. But there's a lot of love for them. There's a lot of love. Uh, there are some projections out there that have them winning six, some that have them winning five. Uh, if you look at the schedule, I just I don't know that I see it. Now, they do get in transfer quarterback Luke McCaffrey. It should be the best offense that they've had in the last five seasons. But I still look at this as rice. Like, it is, it is rice, and I think it takes longer to get this program up to snuff, right? The, the schedule does not start off easily. I mean, it, you're playing at Arkansas, Houston, at Texas before you finally get one that that I feel like you are the most comfortable to win, and that's uh, Texas Southern. But then you got you got toss-ups against Southern Miss. you got a toss-up against Western Kentucky. You play – the back half of the schedule is where you're going to get your wins. But is this team going to be so beat down at the beginning of the season that they won't be able to get to six? I think that's what's going to happen. That's my thought process. Uh, Kyle, we'll start off with you. You got any thoughts on on the Rice Owls? So I, I like Rice unders. You know, Rice is a team that's going to oh, play yeah. slowly, try to run the football as much as they can. The defense is good uh, for Conference USA standards, at least. Um, I think it's important to point out that Rice's perception publicly is so high because of that game against Marshall. And um, that game against Marshall was pretty misleading based on how it went. Marshall had a really bad performance, turnover issues. Uh, Wells was not himself at the end of last season, certainly. And Rice has a small sample size to go off of, like Parker was talking about earlier with another team. You know, if you only play that many games last year, it's hard to tell uh, what kind of team we're going to get this year. So then it would be easy for perception to be high on a team because of one really nice win like they had against Marshall. So Rice is a team that I tend to agree that I'd want to take the under on the win totals, but better than that, I even like just the single game betting the total under. Parker, what have you got for me? Yeah, I definitely agree. They were one of the slower teams in terms of, um, you know, possessions per game. Their defense was sneakily really good. Of course, grain of salt, this is an opponent adjusted, but I have them at 18th just in overall, and they were they were pretty disruptive um, kind of outside of that Middle Tennessee game, which, you know, COVID year and things are crazy. I can I can write that off. Um, so I think they'll have some defensive consistency, and, and I, I assume their hope is we can limit possessions, our defense is feisty, and then maybe with some better quarterback play. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know that this team is going to be good this year. Um, uh, and so that's, that's just, I could see the vision, but I just don't know that it's going to happen. That's, I am all over the under five and a half. It is even money plus 100. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's plus 105. So I'm, I'm all over that. If I can get plus money for taking rice to not make a bowl game, that seems easy to me. We'll move on from there. The UT San Antonio Roadrunners, UTSA. Parker, I know that you are, are a big fan of this team this year. Give me your reasoning. Well, hold on. Before we do that, conference odds, plus 300 to win the conference. Definitely high thoughts there. And the regular season win total sits at eight to go over is even money, plus 100. To go under is minus 130. Now, Parker, let me go ahead and get you in here. I want you to tell me why this team is going to go over the eight. Uh, in, in a word, sincere McCormick, um, you know, there, there's conversations we can have about kind of the, uh, importance of rushing and individual running backs, but sincere McCormick is just an excellent running back in the conference USA. I think he'll go and be an NFL running back at some point. Um, he, you know, they, they overall had, um, the 40th best rushing attack uh, in in the nation last year, and down the stretch, McCormack was just um, really hard to stop. I think people who watched the bowl game against Louisiana were surprised at how close that was. Um, and so, I, I really like their um, I like their rushing attack. I mean, McCormack on, you know, 36% of his attempts was successful. He averaged. Uh, a positive EPA on rushing, which is just really hard to do with 230 carries um, last season and 72.5% uh, of available yards. So, you know, if it's 10 yards to go, he was on average getting seven, seven and a quarter. So a really efficient rushing offense, which similar to the arguments be made uh, about Rice, but I think in a more positive way, because there's more offensive upside, uh, they're they're going to limit possessions and kind of play this ground game, which I think in the Conference USA could, could go pretty far. Um, and I will say that Frank Harris being experienced, he has switched um, jersey numbers from zero to a real quarterback number. And uh, you can't overstate <laughs> the importance of dressing to uh, succeed and dressing to impress. So I like the experience at quarterback. I like the offensive line. I think Jeff Trailer is not going to be in San Antonio for long. 
I think you're probably right. He immediately flipped the switch there. Trailer, I did not think highly of the hire at first, but he obviously knows that landscape well. Uh, Frank Harris does scare me a little bit. He, he wasn't great last season, but, I mean, he can move, and, and if he can find some some decent accuracy on the ball, this is a team that uh, that really should threaten the school record of 31.2 points per game. Uh, Kyle, have you got a thought on the Roadrunners here? Yeah, nobody's stopping Sincere McCormick this year. I mean, he is a tremendous runner. They also have good runners behind him. There's some really good depth there in the running game. So if he needs a breather, you're not going to get this massive drop-off like you would have for some other teams. I think at this point, you know, Trailer, he hasn't been there long, so we can't, you know, put him up in the Bill Clark category or something yet. But, um, you know, this is a really good coach. The former coaching staff started out well, so there's some question, you know, can we actually – see them continue to improve instead of kind of stall out. Uh, this team has recruited well in recent years. These are some good players for Conference USA. I think the upside is really high here for UTSA. This is one of them I was considering as well here. And I think even plus 300 to win the conference is probably a good bet. I like that as well. Moving off of Conference USA, we are going to move to the Mid-American Conference, the MAC. We're going to start it off with a team that I want to talk about Northern Illinois, the Huskies, head coach Thomas Hammett. Um, I don't have a lot of faith this season. Their odds to win the conference are plus 5,000. You might as well just take them off the board. Uh, the over-under here, the win total, sits at three and a half. To go over is minus, one to, or minus 150, excuse me, and to go under is plus 120. And I love the under here. They are only a projected favorite in one game this season. That's against Bowling Green. Their non-conference includes Georgia Tech at Michigan. They've got Wyoming, who I'm a big, big fan of. I I think that this was, and if, if you have listened to me at all, anybody that is catching on to the show, of course, this is the first show, but if you've listened to me at all over the last couple of years, this was a dreadful hire that they made when Rod Carey left and took the Temple job. Thomas Hammock had not been in college coaching in forever. He had never been a coordinator. The, and it's not just him. This institution has not made football a priority in several years now. And I think it is really starting to show on the field. Now, they brought in quarterback Rocky Lombardi. But, Parker, you can tell me that Rocky Lombardi was not great at Michigan State with better athletes. I, when I look yeah. at the schedule, I just I don't I don't buy this. I'm going under, and especially if I can get plus one twenty, because I I don't see more than two wins on the schedule. Yeah, I totally Sorry, agree there, and I think uh, man, uh, this is this one's depressing to talk about. It feels like I'm I'm punching down or kicking someone who's down. But yeah, their offense was 119th last year, uh, 102nd in defense allowed. They're going to have to replace a quarterback. They have just an uh, I, you know I believe so much in college football. There is ideas of you can galvanize players based on situations and and in the inverse is you can also get beat down early and and struggle to even put something together and their their non-conference is just um it's it's almost rude at georgia tech wyoming and then at michigan uh to start the season three and or oh and three and start at oh and three in that in that fashion is going to be real hard so i yeah i i like this one as much as i uh feel bad betting under on bad teams but they are going to be bad Kyle, you got a thought on this one? So uh, I don't love taking under this low of a number because, you know, you could almost kind of accidentally get to this many mm-hmm. wins, especially in a conference like the MAC. So I'm not going to bet this one personally. I will say, though, coaching staff, a uh, big concern. You know, this is a team uh, betting game to game. I'd rather bet against them than I would bet on them, certainly. 6.63 yards per or, uh, yards per play allowed last year. This is a really bad defense, and most people thought that this guy was going to be able to help their defense over time. So uh, Northern Illinois, I have no confidence in them. And I will say, um, I think Gary was kind of alluding to this, that Rocky Lombardi does not at all look like the answer to me. You know, last year, I remember having, uh, you know, the last couple of years, I guess, Rocky Lombardi was stepping in occasionally for Michigan State, and I'd have the under, and I was worried he was going to throw a pick six. You know, I mean, it's, it wasn't worried that his team was going to go score. I was worried he was going to let the other team score. And I, I don't think Lombardi, even in the MAC, is going to be a good quarterback. You know, to me, he looked like a, uh, a problem. So I, I don't think Northern Illinois is going to get this big jump up in quarterback production like some people might think. He does not instill a lot of confidence. The Ball State Cardinals, they do. They instill confidence in me. Uh, <laughs> I love this team, but 
we will uh we will go ahead and talk about the odds here. Ball State, of course, won this conference last season. They are plus 300 to do it again. Their win total sits at seven and a half to go over and under. It is minus 115. So the juice even on those. Uh, Parker, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you start on this. Uh, we, we can talk about Drew Plitt. We can talk about the offensive line. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on Ball State. Yeah, so I, I think Ball State last year was um, was surprising. Uh, I think they, they made me pull out my hair in terms of trying to project what they were going to do that game against San Jose state. I know they had some help with players being out, but um, I, you know, seven and one, I had them at 5.8 expected wins last year, 33rd on offense, 31st in on defense and EPA. So a really uh, efficient team. I think Drew Plitt is a really, really good quarterback 0.237 EPA per play, a 68.3% completion uh, percentage. Um, one big thing that I will note, he, he took almost 30 points of uh, negative value in sacks on the season, which is way up there. So they're returning a lot of offensive line, but man, he took, he, he really, they got into bad situations because of the, the pressure allowed there. I like this team. I think they're good. Their schedule is just razor thin. Um, and so seven and a half uh, is, is the line correct. And uh, yes, I, I was looking on my, I got lost on my sheet. Sorry. Seven and a half is the line. Um, <laughs> I just don't know that I trust eight and, and I can look at this and say that they are going to have um, just a, a lot of, uh, I, yeah, I don't think I see eight wins on this schedule. And I think that there's going to be some offensive regression. Uh, and I think that um, a full season, they'll, they'll have some trouble. So I'm going to go under on ball state as much as it pains me, as much as I like Drew Plitt, who is one of the most, you know, uh, he was really efficient on early downs last year, but I think that they're going to take a step back this year. And so I'm going with the under just because the schedule is is just kind of razor thin there. It is. It's a pretty brutal schedule. The road schedule, especially at Penn State, at Wyoming, at Western Michigan, at Eastern Michigan. And then, of course, you've got uh, a couple of layups with Akron and Northern Illinois. But you you do get Army and Toledo at home, which, OK, like that should be all right. Uh, Kyle, have you got a thought on uh, on Ball State here? Uh oh, we lost him. <laughs> we got no audio. And still nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. There yeah, we go. Was, We're all good. I, I was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, so we got uh, Drew Plitt here, good quarterback. You know, to me, Ball State's not a team that I want to take the under on, though, because I think they're a well coached team. This is a, a MAC conference that is still pretty weak. Seven and a half, not a really high total. Uh, this is a team that's really hard for me to figure out, though. You know, if you look back at their stats from last year, plus eight in turnover margin, negative 11 in sack margin, and negative 0.12 yards per play. I mean, you look at their, you know, the yards per play margin, they're negative, and they have the record that they did. It's, it doesn't make very much sense. It's kind of a riddle. So I'd rather stay away from this one. I think they're a well-coached team that has quite a few veterans. So I'm going to pass on this one, but I, I I don't love the under in this one, so I guess a uh, slight disagreement. They uh, they do bring back a lot of guys, a lot of guys. We'll uh, we'll continue on. We'll we'll keep Kyle involved here. We will talk about Kent State, and this is a fun team. Sean Lewis just got a huge uh, contract. I say huge, huge on that level. Contract extension through 2026 to win the conference this year. They are plus 1400. The win total sits at five and a half to go over is minus 110. To go under is minus 120. Uh, Kyle, go ahead and, and give me your thoughts here. I know that this offense is an absolute joy to watch. Oh, yeah. This, uh, you know, I feel like I should have been wearing a Kent State hat here today. I don't know. <laughs> or the Ohio hat, and then I'm not going to talk about them. But I have to say, you know, I think Lewis is a tremendous coach. 17 and 11 ATS so far. Uh, I think he's a very innovative mind. Certainly helps to have Crum as your quarterback. You know, to say he's the best quarterback in the MAC is is quite the understatement. Um, you know, this guy is tremendous. Uh, this team is going to be as efficient as any team in the Group of Five on offense. You know, last year, if you just look at offensive efficiency, I know according to PFF, they were second to Alabama. Now, I I will state that that's a little bit unfair because of who they played. I mean, you look at their schedule. When you play teams like Akron and Bowling Green, it's going to be easier to look really good on offense. But I still think this uh, Kent State team could be just as good, if not even better, efficiency-wise on offense than what uh, they have been here in the last couple of years. Crumb's tremendous. They have two good running backs, very good running backs. Their offensive line solid. 
I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that their defense is good. You know, I don't think uh, any of us could make that argument, but the secondary is not terrible. You know, the way you can beat them is by running the football. If you look at the Mac, there's not really a bunch of teams in the Macs that are great at running the football. Even the teams that try to run the football a lot like in Akron, I mean, they're, they're not good. So, you know, I don't think Kent State would be terribly concerned about that matchup. So, you know, they're going to give up a lot of points. There's going to be some really high totals here. You know, get ready for some Kent State totals of 80 or 75 or something like that this year. And I'm not betting the under, I'll tell you that. But I do think Kent State, very high upside team, plus 1,400 to win the conference, I believe is what I saw here on the ticker. I like Kent State to win this conference as a value play as well. I think this is pretty wide open. Buffalo lost a lot. The coaching change is a big negative for Buffalo. Ohio with a big loss. Um, you know, here I am talking negative about Ohio, but you know, Solich did a really good job. I think Sean Lewis, you know, who's a better coach than him right now in the MAC? I, I don't know that there is one. So I, I think the upside for Kent State is really high. So I like Kent State quite a bit. It is a brutal non-conference schedule. They go at Texas A&M, and then they play VMI. They've got at Iowa and at Maryland. I think that Maryland game, we are going to have maybe 150 points in that ball game <laughs> between Loxley and then Baby Tua and that bunch. Uh, Parker, have you got a thought on on Kent State here? I do. I'm actually rooting for that Maryland game to get pushed to Friday night just for the sheer oddity uh, oh, yes. of it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I, I actually love that hard non-con from a program development standpoint. Um, like I do, you know, signing Lewis to a mega contract, knowing that he's going to go somewhere and just making sure the program gets taken care of. So I think that's really smart. I think they're running things well there. Um, Andrew Souter, the offensive coordinator, is um, really well respected, uh, and they're they're doing some great things there. Um, so I, I like them a lot. They are losing. Um, they're losing a couple targets uh, and a couple offensive linemen. And then on defense, you know, uh, they were 98th last year, 122nd against the rush. But like Kyle said, nobody in the MAC can really rush. So I think they want to get in a shootout. I think they're going to get in shootouts. And I think they have the finishing ability um, to really kind of get those, uh, take advantage of those shootouts and, and come out on top. So even if, I mean, they might go 0-3 in the non-con, but they don't care. I think they'll compete in the MAC. absolutely. As both of you guys have talked so much trash about their defense, they have improved every season under Sean Lewis. They yeah. went from number 121 in efficiency to 119 to 118 last season. We're showing steady signs of progress here. We're going to be yeah. all right. Let's, yeah, let's get Juan off of this Wallace. conference. <laughs> Juan Wallace is a good addition on defense, so we do need yes. to say that uh, you know he could be the best player. He's probably the best player on their defense immediately. And, you know, I— this may be looking at it a bit too far, but I think Kent State at least has a chance against a team like Maryland. You know, I think that could be an interesting game, very high scoring, like you said. Uh, it could go down to the who has the ball last. I think Kent State has a shot in a game like that. Oh, I, I do not doubt that at all. Let's get off this conference. Let's move over to the Mountain West Conference, MWC. And we are going to start off in Laramie. The Wyoming Cowboys, look, they are number two in the country. In returning production, their schedule sets up pretty well. To win the conference, they are plus 750. Their win total sits at 7.5. To go over is minus 125. To go under is minus 105. Look, I trust their new offensive coordinator, Tim Palasic, and in whoever the quarterback will be, either, either Levi Williams or Sean Chambers, one or the other. That defense is where it's at. Only gave up 16.4 points per game last season. They got all 11 starters back. Craig Bowl, to me, is is worth the price of admission. I think this guy can absolutely coach. I like this team to not only go over the seven and a half at minus one twenty five. I like them to win the conference at plus seven fifty. I think that this conference is wide open. The Mountain West. I I do love Nevada. I you know Boise State. I think takes a step back this season. San Jose State played well last season, but there were a lot of close games. Wyoming is right there. I love this team. Uh, you know what, Parker? We'll start with you. Give me your thoughts on the Cowboys. I, I know that you don't like my pick all that much, but yeah, I'm, I, am, I am very out on this one. I might even bet the opposite uh, and, and and disagree fully. Um, one, I, I, you know, a ton of respect for Craig Bowl, and I think that they do not spread the ball around very, very well. Um, I've looked at some metrics just about distribution, and uh, a lot of that is reflective of of you know talent and injury and everything, but also just design. Um, Wyoming is is 
coming to a, a gunfight with a knife um, in the Mountain West this year because you have teams that are going to be uh, pointy and, and and scoring a lot. So, um, you know, I, I have their offense at 99th overall last year, 107th in the pass. They, if they get down at all, they are not going to have any any latitude to kind of make up ground. Um, unless something dramatically changes with their passing game, which I, I really don't envision. So uh, I think that we also have to think about what returning production means, especially in a year when one, the median team, I believe, is returning something like 17 starters. Um, and, you know, the, it, returning production is often valuable when there's asymmetry, right? So you think about Northwestern in 2020, for instance, um, and saying, oh, we're really experienced and no one else is. And so uh, this year, I think returning production is going to be a, a good natural experiment, but also very weird because so many people are returning so many, so many productions, uh, so much production. And, uh, <laughs> and so I think that Wyoming is not well suited to compete in the new Mountain West, um, even though I think Craig Bull uh, is, is good and can develop talent. I just don't, I don't see it this year. They rushed on 66% of early downs, first and second downs last year. They oh, want to play man football, and I just don't know that that is going to work. That's a, you can be a hater all you want to when Craig Bowl is hoisting up that MWC trophy. Me and you were going to talk about it. And I <laughs> I'll love personally it. apologize to Craig Bowl if they win the Mountain West this year. <laughs> Kyle, you got a thought on, uh, on the Cowboys here? I'm going to let you guys have your inside bet on this one. I, I don't have any strong opinion. I will say I don't like betting against Craig Bowl. Yeah, I know Parker just said the same thing, you know, but uh, he is right that Wyoming is very predictable on offense. You know, they're a very good offensive line, so they can push most people around. Their defense is going to be good again. We know that. The Mountain West is improving. There's some good teams in this conference now. Uh, I'm going to stay neutral on this one. We'll just see who's right on this one. Sounds like a plan. We will move on to Utah State and a brand new coach for the Aggies here. Blake Anderson comes over from Arkansas State. And, you know, and not, that, not that the odds have changed a whole lot. To win the conference, they're plus 5,000. That's, you know, bottom of the barrel. Their regular season win total sits at three. To go over is minus 125. To go over is, or under, excuse me, is minus 105. This is, you know, this is a team that was not good under Gary Anderson. Of course, they bring in a different Anderson, changes the whole the whole thing. But this team, it looked like quit on Gary Anderson last season, and and they weren't great with him the season before that when he was brought back as as the retread hire. Hey, Kyle, go ahead and tell me your thoughts here. I I feel like that you like Blake Anderson here. I like Blake Anderson a lot. I think this is a big coaching upgrade from Gary Anderson. You know, Anderson goes somewhere else and then comes back. And it seems to me like those situations don't go very well. You know, you come back for a second time. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like you have the same luster that you had before. I will say, too, this team was one in five ATS last year. So, again, we're trying to buy low. Look at their schedule. I mean, they, they have some pretty easy opponents here on the schedule. To me, uh, I think Utah State has some upside here. Logan Bonner is going to be a massive upgrade. Massive yes. upgrade on anybody that saw the field for Utah State last year. I mean, just a tremendous upgrade. Their top six wide receivers from last year return. Jamie Nance comes over from Nebraska. Uh, Brandon Bowling from Arkansas State. You know, to me, uh, Justin Justin Rice coming over as well. Uh, Rice is going to be the best player on the defense now here. So Utah State, uh, this is a team that I'm, I'm pretty high on compared to everybody else. This is not me saying I think Utah State's going to win the Mountain West or anything ridiculous. It's just, uh, you know, over three uh, seems pretty gettable when you look at the schedule. You look at New Mexico State, UNLV as road games. So they're road games, but they have a very real chance in those games. And New Mexico State's terrible. Uh, UNLV, not good at all at either. And then they have uh, North Dakota at home. North Dakota, a decent FCS team, but they should win a game like that. To me, you have uh, home games against Hawaii and Colorado State, certainly games they could win. I could see Utah State winning five games a lot easier than I could see them winning two games. So this is one of my favorite ones that we've talked about here today. I like Kent State quite a bit. I like Utah State a lot. I think this is just a big upgrade at coaching, big upgrade at quarterback. And you upgrade that much coaching and quarterback, uh, I think over three is a good look. Parker, you want to you wanna jump in here and crap on his pick too? No, I'm I'm in awe. That was beautiful. Uh, I will just say I'm I'm rooting for Blake Anderson and everything that guy's been through. I'm glad he's got change of scenery and opportunity to you know reset and, and tackle a new challenge. So uh, I know that's off field, but um, yeah, like like Blake Anderson a lot for that. And uh, yeah, I like Kyle's points there. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. Moving on, the Boise State Broncos. New head coach, Andy Avalos, former Oregon defensive coordinator. And the odds here, uh, minus 140 to win the conference. Their win total sits at nine to go over is minus 110. To go under is minus 120. This is a difficult schedule for a first-year head coach. Now, this is a coach that does know a lot about Boise State. They they have hired basically from within the family at every time out since before Chris Peterson, really. There is a lot going on here, though. This schedule at UCF to kick things off. Uh, then you got Oklahoma State coming in in the third week. And then, of course, you go to Utah State, who we think will be improved. I mean, this is a this is a rough schedule. You've got at BYU on the schedule. Uh, I mean, yeah, Parker, give me give me your thoughts here on this win total at nine. I think nine is so many. Uh, you know, I, I kind of also think this is a little bit of a bet for Nevada over seven and a half and the quality of of Nevada um, in the Mountain West. I think their you know their air raid offense is just going to be again really hard to. Uh, really hard to deal with, uh, especially with, uh, you know, experienced quarterback play. Um, Boise State, for me, I just don't see anything that the sum of the parts um, in, inspires me about the whole. And so, uh, you know, their offense last year, 45th, they bounced between um, a couple quarterbacks. It looks like it'll be Hank Bachmeyer this year, but their quarterback room is thin. Um, and I don't really see their kind of outside playmakers being guys that are going to have the offensive firepower to keep up with, for instance, a Nevada or an, an Oklahoma State uh, or a UCF to kind of steal those wins. And so I think this is a really, really um, tough schedule. And I think nine is is just a lot of wins um, for, for Boise, given what they have in the non-con um, and that they're looking at probably one and two in the non-conference. And so you're starting out a hole there. I don't know that they're going to go uh, eight and one the rest of that season. That that just seems way too, way too rough for me. Having to go to, uh, you know, you, you host Wyoming and uh, you host Nevada, but still, um, I think there's probably three, three or four losses on this, on this schedule uh, and, uh, not including the or accounting for the non-con. So um, I'm taking the under. I think that they are well positioned for the future, uh, but I do not think that this year that they they, they are going to be a team that, that wins nine games. Avalos has his work cut out for him with this defense. This is a defense that averaged five plays per game of 20 plus yards. Uh, Gus Malzahn might might do that, might do 10 in, in the first game. I mean, it, it could really be crazy. Uh, so if they can get that turned around, you know, maybe. Uh, they they do have, of course, a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Kyle, you got a thought on the Broncos here? So I think Sears is better than Bachmeyer. So we'll see who um, the starting quarterback is here. Sears takes more chances downfield. You know, uh, PFF certainly grades him higher than Bachmeyer. I think that Bachmeyer is, uh, just plays it safe too often. And uh, I think Boise State's defense, like you were alluding to right there, is weaker than it has been in the past. They're going to give up a lot of big plays. Uh, I don't think Boise State's going to win by shutting everybody down, so they're going to have to score some points. So let's see if they're aggressive enough on offense. I'm not going to bet anything here on the win total. I would tend to lean toward agreeing with the under. Nine's a lot of uh, wins to get to with this schedule. I tend to agree. That was our last team in the Mountain West. We have one conference to go. Let's talk about the Sun Belt Conference. I'm a big fan of this first team. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Billy Napier has turned down about 25 different SEC head coaching jobs to stay at Louisiana. They have got 21 starters back. Let's talk about the odds here to win the conference, even money, plus 100. You bet $25, you win $25. The regular season win total sits at nine and a half to go over minus 105, to go under minus 125. And, uh, you know, I... I really, really like this team. If they beat Texas in week one, I am gravy. They bring back everybody but the running backs, and the backup running backs that they have are awesome. I mean, the numbers bared out last year that they were just as good as Elijah Mitchell and um, and whoever else I'm missing here. But uh, this is a secondary that dominated basically every receiver that they went against. That's going to help them a lot in this conference. Uh, go ahead and, and jump in. Parker, we'll give it to you first, and then I'll jump over to Kyle. But I love the over nine and a half. I love them to win this conference. I know they had close games last season, but I think that this is a coaching mismatch in almost every game that they play this season. Uh, Parker, start it off with you. 
Yeah, it's always nice for their Sun Belt chances that they they're they're going to miss Coastal Carolina in the regular season. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll have App State and maybe maybe a repeat in the uh, conference championship game. But uh, their non-con puts them on a national stage early with Texas and then two winnable games to get some uh, get some momentum there. But yeah, their their rushing offense was um, 14th in the nation last year, one point or 0.117 EPA per per rush, which again, um, that that is just really hard to average a positive rushing value. Um, and you know overall 30 39th so I, I definitely think levi lewis has some work to do in the passing game but they like you said they have the athletes they're going to be more talented than everyone on their schedule but texas i think i'm comfortable saying that yeah. um yeah. and again with with a guy like billy napier uh development is going to be uh matter so much more and so a full off season with these guys again um even as i believe rob sale was their rushing offensive coordinator rushing game coordinator and he went to the New York Giants. I don't think that's going to have a huge impact, um, but I think that's just emblematic of how well they're running the program that a uh, you know, coordinator from the Sun Belt got hired straight to an NFL team. Um, and so I, I I like this. I like this play. I like uh, Louisiana a lot. I think that their defense um, was was really more talented than everyone against the pass. And so it's not that their you know, scheme is excellent or the execution is amazing. I think they're just a lot better athletes than a lot of the passing offenses they're going to see. And as football is continually shifting towards a more pass centric um, game, you know, they're, they're just going to be able to impose their will uh, on, on opposing um, teams. So I like them. I think their game against UTSA at the end was a little, you know, you can write off bowl games and, uh, but, but, but I, I think they'll control games. I think that they will be delightfully boring in, in much of their schedule this year. Oh, most certainly, most certainly their uh, defense improved from 66th in efficiency to 40th last season under first-year defense coordinator Patrick Tony, uh, And they return, I mean, everybody on defense. So I could only imagine it will go up now that they have a full season under Tony. Kyle, you uh, you got a thought on the Raging Cajuns here? We're all going to agree on this one. I like Louisiana. It's hard to say anything negative about them. Uh, when, you, when you started this segment and we talked about Louisiana, I was kind of rooting for you to say Louisiana Monroe, just so we could talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there wouldn't have been anything good to say, right? You know. So, hey, would it uh, would it surprise you if Rich Rod, as interim head coach, did something crazy this fall? I I wouldn't. I nope. Wouldn't I mean, they're wouldn't, very. It wouldn't surprise at all. <laughs> no, I, it, it wouldn't totally. I, I will say that team last year was just terrible. You know, any of their games were just miserable to even read the play by play from. But, uh, you know. I remember a game last year where Louisiana Monroe actually was on TV and I, I made my wife and kids have that one on and we were watching and I, I felt guilty afterwards. You know, that was just a, you know, it's a, you should be a better dad than that, right? You know, it's gotta be. Yes. But I took this yes. one a little bit off the rails there, but, um, you know, back to Louisiana, I will say uh, Louisiana is a tremendous team. I think Napier's a really good coach. There's nothing negative to say about them, to be honest. I think Levi Lewis was disappointing last year in his play, and yet they had as much success as they did. I think he'll be better this year. Uh, Louisiana's defense is tremendous. Their offensive line is really good. It's hard to imagine them not winning 10 games here, so I like this one a lot. I cannot wait to see them go to Liberty this season to watch Billy Napier and Hugh Freeze buttheads. That is going to be fantastic. We'll move off of the Raging Cajuns, the Troy Trojans are the next team up. Look, I will go ahead and let you know, not a big fan of their coach, Chip Lindsey. I believe that he has done less with the talent there than and not any other coach, but he, he's just not done well. To win the conference, they're plus 1,400. Their regular season win total sits at seven. Now, to go over and under, the juice is the same, minus 115. With the talent on the roster, they should have better results here. They are one and four in one score games. Uh, in in the last two seasons, there, uh, 21 starters back. They they got Gunnar Watson back. I you know I guess that's good. But the offense did not show any kind of big play potential last season. Uh, Kyle, go ahead and go ahead and tell me about this team. And and hopefully you think like I do. I like the under seven here. I like the under seven definitely. You know, Kalen Geiger's gone as well from last year. He was their big play guy, and they weren't very good with him. He goes to Texas Tech. Gunnar Watson, I don't know, is it really a big positive that he's back? You know, his average depth of target last year, six and a half yards per pass, which that was the third lowest in the country. So, I mean, if you're just going to dink and dunk all, every single time, it's going to be hard. And now they lost three of their top four wide receivers. It's hard for me to see Troy being all that good on offense. I know they do have good running backs and they'll be able to run on some of these teams in the Sun Belt, certainly. But I, I don't see this being a big play offense. The other thing is, 
you know, some of these previews and some, some people talk about Troy is supposed to have a good secondary, but they've allowed 66.5% and 67% completion percentage in the last two years. So are they playing a really safe defense? Well, has it, if so, it hasn't really worked because, uh, you know, they've given up 52 plays of 20 yards or more last year. So big plays allowed and allowing a lot of completions. To me, Troy is a disappointing team, like you said. Uh, I don't know that they're that well coached. They should be better than this. We've seen them play. We saw them play Coastal really well last year at the end of the season. Troy is capable, but I want to see them prove it. You know, until they prove it to me, this is a team that I'm taking the under on. Parker, you got a thought on uh, on the Trojans here? Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite stats uh, on offense like this, because so many people will cite, you know, pressure rate. Maybe the offense is really good or the offensive line is really good, and that's a strength. But, they, you know, they're throwing so many screens and their dot so short. If you look at yards per completion minus dot, that kind of gives you an idea of what's happening after the catch. And for Troy, uh, like like Kyle pointed out, that dot for uh, average depth of target was like 6.5. Their yards per attempt was like 7.1. And so – you can't have a functioning offense where you dink and dunk and you don't have any guys who can create separation. And um, Rondell Moore is not walking through the doors at the uh, Troy Trojans athletic facility this fall. So I, I think there's really limited upside on this offense. Correct me if I'm wrong. Chip Lindsay is supposed to be an offensive guy, right? Like maybe I'm in, incorrect. In I theory. <laughs> um, and I like, I mean, I think Cornelius Williams, their um, wide receivers coach, maybe passing game coordinator now is, is a really sharp guy and, and has, has developed a couple athletes really, really well. And I think he will get a job somewhere um, for work he's been doing with individual athletes. But I mean, there's only so much you can do with, you know, a limitation on the quarterback and then the athletes that they have. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. We will close out today's show with the darlings of the college football world from last season. That would be the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And one of my favorite coaches, Jamie Chadwell, fantastic guy. Uh, they were just unbelievable last season. Their odds to win the conference this season, plus 150. They would be repeat champions here. And their regular season wins sits at 10. So to go over is minus 115, to go under minus 115. Same juice on both sides. I love this team. I I think that what they did last season might not be sustainable, but their their schedule is not ridiculous. Like this is not all that hard. They return a ton of guys, except for um, except for maybe uh, a defensive lineman who uh, who did we lose? Uh, Taron Jackson. Um, but everybody other than him returns. Can the defense fix their run problems? Maybe that's the biggest thing because they gave up six yards per carry against Louisiana, BYU, and Liberty. Uh, last season, uh, this offense can win with explosive plays or they can do their back-breaking seven-minute-long drives. I, I'll i go ahead and bring you in, Parker. Um, the I like this team, but I do think that last year might have been a little bit of a flash in the pan, and, and, and I don't know how sustainable those one-score wins would be. Yeah, so so I think one score wins is a, is an important thing to point out about uh, Coastal Carolina, and I, I I hate this. I hate picking the under here because I do feel like I am, you know, raining on people's parades. But I will say they they had a couple close games. Um, they played, uh, you know, Georgia Southern last year was a pretty good defense, um, gave them some trouble, and then. You know, BYU was able to limit them, and BYU did not have an excellent defense last year. Lastly, you look at Liberty, and you kind of say that's the first time a good head coach, not not to call everyone bad, but you know, it, the best head coach they faced, and the only really coach they faced who had more than a week to prepare for them, was able to pretty much shut them down in the first half, um, which to me kind of reflects game prep. I think they held them to 2.05 points per drive in the first half, which was their lowest all season by far. So I, I think I'm underwhelmed by uh, Coastal Carolina getting to 10 wins again. They might still end up in the Sun Belt Championship, depending on how App State rolls out. But I will say that the combination of, you know, there, there are some good defenses they're facing. Their defense does have a rush problem. And the fact that a lot of their offense success last year uh, was, was novel. I think it's an open question how much confusion that these unbalanced and kind of weird option sets invoked. And Willie Korn, good for him, the offensive coordinator, has been everywhere talking about the offense and spreading the gospel. I think the familiarity in that offense creeping in is going to limit some of their potential. Although, I mean, again, tight end Isaiah likely is one of the better tight ends in the nation. Um, and they, they, you know, they they have some really, really good um, 
potential there at kind of the wide receiver position. And I think Grayson McCall is pretty accurate. I do think that he's overrated um, because of competition. So you look at like PFF grades, I believe he was fourth or fifth in the passing game last year. And guys, Grayson McCall is not the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the FBS. Um, I think Grayson McCall had a higher... <laughs> I think Grayson McCall had a higher PFF grade than Spencer Rattler last year, um, and I'm I'm calling foul. So uh, this is not to say Coastal Carolina is not good. It is to say that their their dominance is not inevitable, especially because the novelty of their offense I think will have worn off, and they do not have a talent advantage um, in in you know an overwhelming talent advantage in most of their games. And so those two factors, I, I think they'll stumble a little bit, even if they end up in the um, championship again for the Sun Belt. The first five games of the season. Uh, you get ready for this murderer's row right here. Citadel, Kansas, at Buffalo, uh, UMass, and ULM. They are going to be 5-0, and and they are going to be the darlings again. They, everybody's going to talk about the mullets. It's going to be fantastic. But the back half of that schedule does get a little bit difficult. Kyle, you got a, you got a thought on, on the bunch here, the mullets and the, uh, the Chanticleers? So kind of like Parker said, I kind of hate to root against a team like this because they are fun. Uh, having said that, I think it's a, a lot different, too, if you're Coastal Carolina, when you've been on the one outside and then you're trying to get to the top, and now you're taking everybody's best shot. You know, everybody's going to say, Coastal Carolina, this is the game we've circled. That's never been them before. I think that hurts from a number standpoint. You know, like Gary said, I'm a bit concerned about when I see their schedule, those first you know, three, five wins, it almost seems like, unless Buffalo sneaks up on them or something. But I do think that Coastal Carolina, from a power rating standpoint, under 10, I don't love, but, you know, I'm not uh, just numbers-based. You know, I want to look at this from a, uh, you know, uh, is it going to change based on somebody seeing the offense, like Parker said. And, you know, the more you see this offense, I think the best point that Parker made was Liberty had a lot of time to get ready for them. Liberty shut them down really good in the first half uh, last, last year. I was really surprised at that, but maybe we're going to see a little bit more of that. And the other point Parker made that I totally agree with is unlike Louisiana, they don't have a big talent advantage. So they have a good head coach like Louisiana does. But Louisiana has the talent advantage. They don't. Ten's pretty high when you don't have the big talent advantage. You are 100% right about that. All right, that is going to wrap up this show. Let's, uh, let's do a little bit of a recap. And we'll run through from the beginning conference, the AAC. We hit on Memphis, SMU, and Tulane. Uh, do any of you have a, a favorite out of that group that uh, that you would like to toss out here as as the one to pick on? Either one, Parker. You want to you want to toss in? We're not live, so I can tell you that my ADHD just kicked in, and I did not hear that question. I am so sorry. <laughs> I love it. We're recapping. So in the AAC, do you have a favorite pick out of the AAC that you would like to toss out for the recap? Yes, um, I I really like. Uh, I'm so sorry. Are we asking for? Are you asking me for a conference it's favorite? Basically or the same thing. The AAC, just what we went through. Do you, you like Tulane over five? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry, I can. <laughs> You're all good. That's what we're doing. First first episode. We're ready to rock and roll. Kyle, how about you? Uh, we talked about SMU. You're comfortable with that over six and a half? So SMU is not my single favorite bet of any of these that I talked about. And I, Barker worries me a little bit when he talks about SMU in, in a negative light, at least a little bit. But <laughs> I still like SMU. Uh, it's not my favorite of the ones that we talked about, but I still think over six and a half is a good play. I like it. I like it. And I am rolling Memphis in the under seven and a half there this season. Moving to Conference USA, Western Kentucky. Um, Kyle, that was yours. What uh, What do you like about Western Kentucky here? Yeah, innovation. You know, this offense is going to look a lot different. You're playing against Conference USA defenses, which is, you know, very weak. So I think Western Kentucky is going to score a lot of points. Five and a half is a fair number. I like it. I am rolling under on Rice. Uh, I do not like their schedule. Their non-conference is ridiculous. The road schedule is ridiculous. They haven't had six wins in a season in seven years. I don't expect them to get back there this season. UT San Antonio. Parker, uh, you had them going over eight. You still comfy with it? Yeah, you know, height of the development cycle. Sincere McCormick is um, just an, an excellent running back, and uh, I think Frank Harris will mature this year. So I like that they'll have low variance. I think that they uh, played tough opponents well last year, and their schedule breaks out pretty nicely for them to, um, you know, have a, have a solid campaign. I like it. Moving on to the MAC. Northern Illinois was my pick going under the three and a half. At, look, when I've got plus 120 to bet against Thomas Hammock for an entire season, 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it every single season. Rolling on from there, Ball State. Parker, you had them going under 7.5. That feels painful, but tell me why again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think their offense was as good as it's going to be last year. Um, and so I think their schedule is uh, just really thin margins. And so if there's any kind of stumbling early on, if there's any adjustments, um, I, I just don't believe that they have the margin for error that they're going to need um, on that schedule. And so despite the fact Drew Plitt had a good, good, consistent year last year, I don't see as much upside with him as I do um, other quarterbacks in the MAC. Kyle, you liked Kent State to go over and to possibly win the MAC this season. You still feel good about it? I like this one a lot. I think Kent State has a real chance to win the MAC this year. I think the MAC East is wide open. Even a team like Miami of Ohio has a chance. So just a bonus if you literally like a long shot, plus 3,300 on Miami is not a terrible bet. And you could bet both of these. Uh, you know, I don't think that's a terrible way to look at this either. I I like it. The Mountain West Conference, Wyoming, Craig Bowl will be holding the trophy at the end of this. That is my pick. Parker and I are going at it on this one. But, uh, but I love this defense. I love this running game. I think they're going to be awesome going over the 7.5 at minus 125. I think plus 750 to win the conference is a good bet. Kyle, you like Utah State here with Blake Anderson, right? Yeah, this is one of my favorites as well. I think Utah State over three is a really solid play. Uh, Logan Bonner gets hurt. Obviously, that's going to ruin this bet. But you know, like I said, Bonner's a huge upgrade from anybody that saw the field for them. And Blake Anderson, a massive upgrade from Gary Anderson. I think this over three is a good bet. And Parker, Boise State, you think that schedule is just a little too difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, like I said, I think this is a lot more confidence in Nevada than it is, um, you know, as much a bet against Boise State. But I think Boise State, the regime isn't in doubt. I think that they have, you know, a, a good future uh, with with uh, Avalos there. But I do think that there's too much turnover this year, and I just don't think that they are going to be able to find uh, eight wins on that schedule. Moving to the Sun Belt, again, last recap for us, Louisiana, I love Billy Napier and the Raging Cajuns to go over nine and a half at minus 105 and plus 100 even money to win the conference. Troy, uh, Kyle, you like them to go under uh, with as much experience as they've got coming back. Does not matter if it's, you know, it trash is still trash, even if it's old trash, right? So give me, give me your thoughts on Troy. <laughs> Yeah, I think sometimes experience is overrated. I mean, if the guys weren't very good last year, we're just assuming they're going to be really good this year. I think that's a dangerous thing to be assuming. So I think Watson uh, and even Hal, the other, or Powell, the other guy that's uh, in consideration at quarterback, neither one of them is going to stretch the field. Uh, I think Troy is going to run as much as they can. Uh, Troy is not a defense that's near nearly as good as some people think either. So I think seven is kind of tops for them. So I'll take the under seven thinking that they're more likely to disappoint than have anything to the upside. And finally, Coastal Carolina, Parker betting against America's sweethearts. I can't believe you, but give me give me one more reason why. I was prepared to do my best Bernie Mac impression there and say, I'm sorry, America. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I just think that the novelty of the offense last year was was such a huge benefit and they're going to have a lot of tape and I think that there's some of their explosive play upside will be limited um and and I I don't think that they have a talent advantage you know their offensive line is a bunch of five two uh spark plugs and for as much as that inspires hope and um uh, in my own personal <laughs> life I don't know that that's going to translate to continued success at the level of you know undefeated this this year or even even 10 wins this year so I'm taking the under there I still think they'll have a good season they'll probably still be in the um, SBC championship but I don't I don't think it's double digit regular season wins for them this year I can get with that all right fellas let's go ahead and get out of here thank you guys for tuning into the bet us college football show the inaugural edition the premiere episode we hope that you want to come back and stick around again. Don't forget, you can use that promo code NCAAF2021. You can find the link in the description below. And of course, you see the little graphic there along with it. That way you can claim your 125% deposit bonus, your sign-up bonus there, exclusive for, uh, for sports betting up to $2,500. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel, hit that subscribe button, and when you do so, hit the notification bell so that you are not going to miss out on any of the action. With that said, for sports, uh, excuse me, for betus.com, we will see you again next time.